Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. It's great to be here, Heart Ninja. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm a boss babe. I've been in business for myself since forever. Mm. I mean, I've had a few jobs in my life, but not that many. Mostly, I and even when I was had jobs, I was the boss. Um, yeah, um, I understand what it is to be multi-dimensional, multitasking, while at the same time being in the feminine flow. Beautiful. I it's, it's such an interesting balance and challenge right is how do we how do we really get out there and want to contribute and help people um, but not at the expense of ourselves, right not at the expense of really feeling this internal alignment and connection and radiance and we were talking a little bit um, before we jumped on this live and I was like Lori I have something that I feel ashamed to tell you (laughs) and she's just like have at it you know and I said you know I'm turning 39 tomorrow. My birthday's tomorrow. Oh. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and really, it, it is this last go round that I finally really dropped into. Wow, I, I am no longer a kid. Like I'm really a young woman, you know, a middle-aged woman, almost approaching 40. And it really right. brought up uh, my feelings of aging and impermanence and really underneath the fear that as I age, I'm going to be less desirable and um, that I'm going to lose my mojo and my juju, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just wanted to bring that up because I think you have so much to say about that. So I'm going to hand it over to you, please. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, they use everything against us to, to market other things. I just heard another ding dong. Did somebody else join us? So is it, do we have a spy? Anyway, um, you know, everything is used against us to market other things to us. So, you know, at my age, they're marketing um, retirement homes and um, pension plans. And if we didn't set up a 401k and do I want to buy a funeral plot, all these things. And, you know, I think that's all like they can market that to other people. I rip those up and throw them into the trash. So for about 12, 13 years, it's going to be um, 12, I guess, 12 or 13. I've, um, I was privileged to meet some people who told me that I could live much longer than I thought was possible. And before that, like, let's say when I was in my 50s, uh, first of all, you know, let's put everything in perspective. I found Tantra when I was 50, like 46. Wow. So 10 years later than you right now, and look at you. I mean, you you found sacred sexuality, I don't know, pretty I early. guess 20s, pretty early. Yeah. I, there was no such thing. There was nothing. So when I was 46, I quit working for Landmark Education. That was one of the few jobs I had. And I was the top enrollment manager in the world. So I influenced a lot of people. Um, I left there, my body was broken. And I found Tantra and the first day of Tantra, like at Landmark, I put my sexuality into my desk drawer 
into my right hand desk drawer and I was like this little drill sergeant walking around not allowing my sexual energy to leak onto people. I didn't even know what it was then. But um, how could I be this good at enrollment and not have my sexual energy? I had it, but it was like under wraps. Do you know what I mean? Oh my and God, this is so time, good. Yeah, one time a forum leader said to me, you know, you got sexual energy all over the 500 of us in this audience. And I went, I did not. Like I was in denial about it. And now if I knew then what I know now, I would say, you're absolutely right. That was my sexual energy. Why do you think <laughs> So I'm, I know I'm covering a lot of things in one, in a, you know, one little story. But the week I left Landmark, I was my body was broken. I had irritable bowel syndrome. I had two torn meniscuses in my knees from lack of exercise. Um, my the pressure to be number one was affecting my lower GI tract. And so a friend of mine called me and said, "There's this tantra class. You should take it." It's it, next month in Silver Spring, Maryland. I lived in DC. And I went, okay, I just signed up for it. And I thought, I hope I don't have to get naked. I hope I don't know anyone there. I hope, I hope, I hope. Of course, I went there, I knew people. And we, I don't know that we didn't get naked on the first day. But on the first day, I remembered who I was as a fe female bodied human. Like all of a sudden, oh, I, I, Oh, I could breathe and I, you know, I, oh, I was breathing. We were doing like, you know, some dynamic breathe, breath, sound and movement. And I was like, oh, this is who I am. Oh, and I care about everything. And I just like <laughs> burst open, you know, the floodgates burst open. Now, Emily, if I say to you, yes, of course, I was using my sexual energy to enroll people in the landmark forum. That's my power. What are they? What were they thinking? Um, and I would admit to it, you know. And I would admit to it in front of five hundred people now, but I didn't then. It was too like I was humiliated. What was it? Almost because I'm just curious because there was this idea that sexual expression was something reserved for the bedroom, or reserved for intimates, or like what was the story that then had you kind of deny that, or did you just feel abandoned from it? I just felt like. You are not you calling me out in front. It's like call out culture before call out culture. You are not calling me out in front of 500 people and saying that I just put my sexual energy. I mean, like it was just like I wasn't being like that. It's just who I am. Yes. It's who I, it's like, it's, I have always been in touch with the, I've always been in touch with there's something more to sex than this. Right. You know? But I never knew, you know, my mother used to go, what are you doing in the bathroom? You know, I was discovering myself. Yeah. And I've always been very precocious. I've always been very sexual. I would be what we now call, it's funny, when, when the Insta leads all get together, sometimes we talk about hypersexual young women who come to the training programs and want to have sex with everybody, especially those in power. Mm -hmm. And we speak about that, you know, and then I think to myself, hmm. Was I that? <laughs> you know, like, I think, yeah, like maybe in your, in your natural essence, were you this like vivacious thing that wanted to like maybe fuck and be fucked, right? Exactly. And I, so I was that. I did do that. I don't know that I sought after the power people. Mm -hmm. I didn't care for them that much. 
but um, I certainly sought for my own pleasure yeah. and my own experience. And um, so here I was in this class and I re-woke up because at Landmark, I just felt like it, I had to be... Buckled up, kind of really yeah, held it together. Yeah. And even when I was in corporate America for the short time that I worked in the, like the regular part of corporate America software industry, I used to wear like collars, you know, up to here with little bow ties. And I would say, and I would say to my partner at the time, I dress like this because I don't want them to know how crazy I am. But crazy for me was code for how really freaky and sexual I am and whatever. I have to play the part in the corporate, you know, wearing a suit. And I always wore skirts under my knees and I always wore totally closed shoes, no slingbacks, no open toes. Like I wow. just, I had a code to, and, to and, just... And I'm curious, like what, what was it that had you want to cover it up? Was it, were you shamed? Were you, was it just cultural programming that it's not okay? What was, what was the story that had you kind not, of close it not up? Not okay. Didn't, not okay. Didn't want to use sexuality to get my promotions. Didn't yeah. want, um, did not want to be seen as not equal yeah. to the men. Didn't want to be seen as emotional or as, seductive or whatever i just didn't i didn't i did not want to be seen like that i wanted to be like taken really seriously like what i have to say is serious and i was taken really seriously yeah it's interesting before before i also had kind of my sexual revolution and coming into like you know my full expression there was a way that like i need to be seen somewhat as a respected elder um in you know how i use my energy so that i can be really so I can be respected and appreciated. And, and if I did show my sexuality, then people will think I'm just trying to get my way. They're just trying to think I'm getting off. They, they won't actually see me for my value or for the things I have to offer. So it's really kind of amazing hearing this, the ways that I kind of shut down. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I do get a lot of interesting, as I come out more in my full expression, there, there are those people that have those projections, right? Um, but also being able to like be okay right that people have those projections and and trust right trust our own inner guidance system and trust right. that the right people will come that's exactly right yeah i i mean i remember one of the corporate executives from my software company called me like i don't know i lived here already in arizona so it's got to be within the past 11 years he called me and he said I, this sounds crazy but i want you to be my friend on facebook and i said you know you're an upstanding member of your Southern Baptist church in Texas. You don't, you know, you stand for all these things. You drilled that into my head when I, when we were in corporate together. And, you know, you used to secretly ask me for advice about all kinds of things because I had intuition about things that you didn't. And you were my mentor. I said, are you sure? I said, I teach about sex now. Do you, are you sure you want to be publicly my friend on Facebook? Like you could catch some flack for that. I'm just warning you. Yeah. Wow. And he said, no, I do. I do. And I said, okay. So I don't know if we still are, but I thought it was really, I just warned him because he had a different, you know, persona. Yeah. That, pro, that didn't include anyone like me. Yeah. I love that. Actually, that's really great discernment for me because I, I connected with someone on Facebook for something outside of my work um, for like a travel like place somewhere and yeah. through a recommendation and they got on and we were talking and then after the talk she looked at my Facebook and she said 
I don't want you in my life. I don't want you. Yeah, she went into like, I can't like, there's no way that I want to relate to someone like you, you know, after I see what you're doing. And it really had me um, go into what the discernment of actually what you just did. So thank you, which is so, you know, I just want to let you know, I am a public figure and I do teach about sex and intimacy. And, you know, if you want to be on Facebook, you want to be my friend, like that's going to be a part of what you're stepping into. Is that, is that something that you consent to essentially? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's the, thank you for my neighbors. Yeah. You know, I live on a cul-de-sac and people come to my home all the time for, you know, gatherings. Sometimes I have clients, whatever. And I say to them, when you, Park on the street outside the cul-de-sac. When you're walking in, if my neighbors stop you and ask you what you're doing, say you're going to a network marketing meeting. Mm. <laughs> you're joining an MLM. You know, because I, yeah. I don't really want any whistleblowers. There are, pe there are weird people in this world. Or people, yeah. maybe they're not weird. Maybe they just like, they just don't, they haven't discovered yet how important sexuality is as their vital life force and maybe they're going to discover it and maybe they're not, but I'm not going to be run out of my beautiful cul-de-sac because I do this and my neighbors don't know. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And again, I think one of the amazing things about really doing sexuality work is becoming really strong in our boundaries, right? Really being like, Hey, this is sacred space. This is what I, the energy that I run. This is who I am. You know, we might be doing scenes. We might be doing screaming. We might be, you know, and what do I need to create safety, like a container to be able exactly. to, you know, to honor what's about to happen here. Um, because there is, there is the need for containment and boundaries, especially around working around sexuality. Exactly. My neighbors in Washington knew, so I had no problems there. All the neighbors surrounding me knew about my work. But here, I don't know. I, when I moved into Arizona, I, I didn't know. And I just, some new people just moved next door and I like them, they're kind of cool. And I said to my partner, Michael, we might invite them over for a drink and tell them what we do. Yeah. They would be the first people on the block. Yep, 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 yeah. Really having that yeah. kind of like, who, who is showing that they have a level of maturity to be able to step into this exactly. conversation? And really the discernment of like, who really, who hasn't done any work around their sexuality? Who's not interested or who's really buckled up and closed down? And Exactly. Um, so before we jump into the topic, I just wanted yeah. to say what, what do you have to say to women that are, you know, 40s up, 50s up, 60s up, that are feeling somewhat, you know, disconnected from their turn on or disconnected from their confidence or radiance or sexuality? Like, is it too late for them? Is it like, Never. what? Never. I did menopause. I started menopause when I was 42 and it lasted till I was 52. And uh, I didn't take hormonal replacement until I was probably 60. And then everything, I regained everything. I didn't lose everything because I didn't want to lose everything, but things definitely changed in my body. And then I started doing um, bioidentical hormones and that gave me a resurgence in interest of desire. Bioidentical hormones. Hormones. Yeah, so those are hormones that are not made. In before, like when I was first going through menopause, the only thing that was available that I knew of I, maybe it was, maybe bioidenticals were available, but they weren't that they weren't well known. 
So the only thing they could give you was an animal, uh, a something made from animals, actually made from pregnant horses. Wow. And I didn't want to, I just heard bad things about it. I didn't want to take it. One time I was having like a hot, hot flashes and heart palpitations and I went to my doctor and I said, okay, I'll take it. So he gave me, you know, a medicine bottle filled with it and I took one and then I threw them out. I said, no, I don't want it. <laughs> Yeah. So then I waited and then I, I when I was, um, I don't know, probably, let's see. Yeah, when I was 59, 60, I was in New York City and I met, uh, I was living in New York then and I, was, I met a group of people that said we didn't have to age the way we've been programmed. And they said, I didn't have to die. They said, why do I have to die? I said, because everyone else did. And they said, well, that's not a good enough reason to die. <laughs> what, would you die? And I said, no, I love life. And they said, well, good. You could extend your life. So I became like a fanatical life extension person. Mm -hmm. It's called radical life extension or super longevity or, um, or being an immortalist. Mm-hmm. And so there's a great, I mean, when I first started, there was no science behind it, but now there's loads of science behind it. So I've used my body as an experiment. So about when I was around 59, 60, I started taking bioidentical hormones. Those are hormones that are made from um, plants, but they, uh, how can I explain it? They permeate the membranes of human animals almost the same way that animal proteins would permeate our cells. And so they're made, but they're made of plants. So they're not as yeah. dangerous. Yeah. They're not as cancer producing. Part Although the they, people who have had cancer in their families or have had some cancers have to, they have to take more, more often blood tests to make sure that there's no markers in their blood. Got for it. taking hormones. And when, how long so have you been taking you know, I take a, I take, I take a blood test three times a year. Right. Some people only do it once a year. I do it three times a year because I want to be on top of all these, these markers. Beautiful, beautiful. So how long yeah. have you been taking the hormones and what, what, what have you noticed 13, has changed? 13 years. Um, well, um, I noticed that my I'm also taking, uh, I had osteopenia, which was the beginnings of osteoporosis. And I've been taking, so all together, I've been taking bioidenticals for 13 years. I've been taking um, calcium increasing supplements, increased, you know, bone building supplements for six. Mm -hmm. And I've grown, uh, my, my spine has grown the calcium in my spine has grown by 7%. Wow. So you're actually yeah. really seeing like the results medically. Yes. And obviously and feeling then, it. Yes. Feeling I mean, it. I can work out at the gym. I, I just rejoined my gym after the whole COVID year. Wow. I built a gym in my backyard, but now I'm going back to the gym. So I have both. I can work out in my backyard or work out at the gym. Both the um, best worlds, can, right? Yeah. I can see the difference in my bones. I can see the difference in my hair. I can see the difference in um, the tissues of my yoni. Like I, I never didn't get moist, but I felt more brittle before I was taking the bioidentical hormones. Now I don't feel brittle. Like I don't feel like something's going to tear. 
yeah. if I'm having sex, like with a penis, yes, I yes. don't feel like something's going to tear. Wow, um, honey, amazing. So, and really my skin feels more supple. Like it doesn't prevent wrinkles. I mean, yeah, of we course. get them. But, but but it sounds um, like really learning to be able to listen to the body, right? Listen to the body and feed it what it needs so that it can continue to flourish. Yes. Right. And so, and, and so yes. sometimes it's internal, right? Sometimes it's taking things externally to to do that, but also like how we touch ourselves, right? How we breathe, how what we what we surround ourselves by, yeah, um, what we think, you know. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I had to interrupt the thinking that said, uh-oh, I'm going downhill. I'm not going to be desirable anymore. I'm not going to be attractive to people anymore. I'm not going to be, I should uh, dress my age or whatever that means. Right. You know, like I, I started, uh, I had to interrupt all of that. I had to interrupt that any part of me was getting ugly. Um, and it. then I had to stop saying certain things. Like I stopped saying this cheesecake is to die for. Mm. I'm not dying for any cheesecake. <laughs> right. I don't love anyone to pieces. I don't love them to death. When I go on my podcast, I don't break a leg. I don't do any of those stupid things. I don't even know where right. those things came from, but I don't say any of that. So consciousness and in what you say to yourself, real, real consciousness. Yeah. I love and that. then... Here's another one. Lately, I mean, I guess for the past three or four years, people have been saying things to me like at festivals or whatever. Oh, you remind me, of, you're, I would love for you to be my Tantra grandma. You know, and I go, I'm not your grandma. I'm not anybody's grandma. I'm not your grandma. And when you say that to me, what you're doing is putting me in a box called old. And I'm not in that box. If you feel that you need to put me in that box, you look over there. I'm not, I'm not any different from you over here. So don't start doing that to me. I, that's not a compliment. Right. Wow. That's powerful. So boundaries, again, mm -hmm. when we come into our power, we learn about boundaries. They're like, Hey, that, that's a fantasy that you want, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I, I am a no to stepping into that fantasy. Now, that's if you want, right. now possibly if you want to pay me a certain amount of money, we can play out that scene consensually, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, it's really funny. I met somebody. Um, that's great. I met someone in, uh, Berlin a few years ago, and he was a really young man. Um, I, I say really young, meaning he was 21 at the time, and he just had a thing for me. And I said to him, you know, it would be one thing if I was a MILF, you know, mothers you love to fuck. Oh, I said, yeah. but, yeah, but I'm more like a gilf, grandmothers you love to fuck. And he said to me, oh, shut up. He said, I love you who you are. I met you. He sa I said, maybe, I said, I wish I met you when I was 21. And he said, I met you now, <laughs> you know, and I went, thank you. I honor that. I love you. I love him. And um, so I, I realized my own limiting beliefs then, you know, and I had to stop that. Our bodies need serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, and oxytocin. <sighs> Our brains need those things. Yep. So we have to touch ourselves yes. and we also have to let other people touch us. I love it. Yeah. I mean, those are nutrients to be able to feel connected in ourselves and to also feel our vitality and our joy. And if we're not connected to uh, vitality and joy, then why the fuck are we here? Like, you know, 
I mean, this is a lot of beauty right here, but how do we attune to that beauty inside of ourselves so that we can actually be in resonance? Um, And I just want to say- Use uh, this. What you use, you don't lose. I love it. I love (laughs) it. What you use, you don't lose. I hope everybody takes that in. And it's, it's amazing because for me, it's about energetics. It's not really about what the person looks like, you know, especially in my sexuality that I've done my work. Like I, it's more about like this person, there's some kind of magnetism and or something they have that I'm longing to connect with because it's part of my growth and evolution of igniting something in myself, you know, and it's not about the way that it looks on the outside. It's the energy. It's the energetics. You know, like, for instance, the way that you talk and your boundaries and your like, like the way that uh, your power, I'm just like, I would submit to you like in a (laughs) fucking heartbeat. Like if we were to be together, I, I would actually trust to submit to you because I don't trust a lot of women that. Um, to be able to do that, you know, to be able to yeah. really feel that I'm going to be held, I'm going to be taken care of. And this woman is going to know how to guide me and be there through my full experience. And that's, that's a high bar for me to able to say that I would be willing Thank to submit you. to you. I feel very honored. Thank <laughs> you. I am super, uh, I'm super dominating in my life, but in the bedroom with my partner, Michael, I, I'm, you know, he could be the dom all the time. Yeah. Actually, it's more like seven to one. Like he'll be the dom seven times and then once I'll say, okay, I want you to submit to me. And then he goes, okay. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I I notice in in my uh, sexual life too, it's really important for me to to feel taken. Um, And because I do wield my energy as a boss all the time. So I'm like, I want someone to grab me, compress me, choke me, shake me, like, you know, turn me around, tell me what to do, (laughs) which is a great segue into our topic, right? And our topic today, setting up our fantasies for maximum fulfillment and pleasure. So what do you have to say about that? Well, to me, my whole life is my fantasy. You know, um, I can't say to you that I looked forward from the time I was like in college and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't have any idea that I would be this. I didn't right. know that I would be general of the sexual revolution. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I just was kind of going along. I was different and I was always powerful, but I just didn't know what direction to take. And when, um, when I found Tantra, all of a sudden everything opened up and I just went, this is it. This is what I want. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I've known. This is intuitively everything. And um, so now I have, now I live my fantasies. You know, like I, I live in the desert. I live in a completely, I live in a mini spa paradise, mm-hmm. which sometimes I look around my backyard and I sit, I'm sitting there and I go, I wish my mother was alive so I could just go, ma, look what I did. I didn't even have to get married to do this. You know, I didn't have to use somebody else's money. Like I made my own. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful, right? Yeah. That's really and powerful. Then, and then um, and then in terms of fantasies, you know, like sexual fantasies or life fantasies, like I could go anywhere. Well, now with COVID, who knows? But I mean, before COVID, I could go anywhere I want by myself or accompanied. 
I could travel the world. I could speak different languages. I could, I could choose to be with someone or not be with someone based on what my desire is. And I could just do it. Like I have a freedom. Freedom. And, and I mean, I, I didn't grow up that way. My mother told me, you know, never speak your truth, you know, manipulate, hint at things, complain about things. I didn't realize that coming into sexual power meant speaking my truth. Mm-hmm. I only discovered that. And even my, te- you know, my Tantra teacher didn't, I don't think she was super empowered. So I don't think that she really spoke about all those things, but I discovered them. And then I discovered that I could have anything I want. And wow. then I had to say, well, do I want all that? Right, right, right. Like in, in a way, like where, where, where do I want to place my energy, right? Where do I, because there is, there is the sense that we only have to, so much time and energy, right? Like <laughs> I can do anything, I can do everything, and I'm in a body, you know? Yeah, uh, not so much. I don't want to, the thing that rang the truest, I'll just share this, is that I was in Australia doing this to level two, Bruce Lyon was the lead of, of it and Araminta, and Araminta Barber and I were the co-facilitators of it. And we were doing an exercise where a bunch of people were out in the field and they were all naked and there were four gorgeous guys who were assisting. And all of them are good friends of mine. All of them are men that I love and adore and who love and adore me. And I, I looked and leaned over at Bruce and I said, those four, that would be, that would be something. And Bruce said, do it, tell them. So we were in the next staff meeting and he said, you four, she wants you, all four at the same time. And oh so- God, Yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> so my face turned the cut this color, you right. know, red. And, I, and they looked at me, all four of them, and they said, is that true? And I went, yeah. And they said, yes, yes, right. we'll be with you. When can we be together? Well, that was the next challenge. Like, in the ISTA training, there's no off time, even in the evenings, like you're doing something. So it was either be with all four of them in the temple space. I didn't know if I had the nerve to do that or carry them off to my room, which would end up being something like 45 minutes, which didn't seem like it would do my fantasy justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You wouldn't have much time. It would take me 45 minutes to lay out what I wanted. Right, exactly. (laughs) You're like, this would be pointless. Why do it? So I canceled it. So I said the next morning, we were all together in a staff meeting, and I went, I'm canceling my fantasy. And they went, but Laurie. And I went, no, really, I love you all. I love you more than I could even say in words how much I adore you. I love you for saying yes to me. That actually made it, that was half the fantasy. Right. That it could happen. Right. If we don't have enough time to do it justice, I don't, I don't want to, I don't even want to get started. Fuck, I love you and your boundaries. God, it's so (laughs) freaking huge. I want every woman to really hear when you're in your power, like you, your discernment of really like, okay, I want this. However, what would actually create the circumstance to be able to have it happen? And is that possible? And if it's not, then actually you might be more disappointed with the fantasy. Exactly. I have been before. 
I have yeah. to say I have them before with a few, not always, but a few. So I let it go. Bruce called me a chicken. It was funny. He like, oh, he, ripped, really? he ripped me the whole week. He was like, oh my God, you're so chicken. You didn't do your fantasy. And I was just like, well, let us off for a few hours and then I'll tell, come back to you and let you know. But I, I, um, I was not sorry. And I'm still in love with these four. And they're still in love with me. I mean, it's not like anything went out of it. Yeah. We just didn't do it. Although right. we've had intimate moments, you know, and um, wow. yeah, sometimes it just isn't, it's not going to be what I wanted. And if it's not going to be exactly what I want, I, wa I wanted to see what would happen if I was like overcome with love by four like stunning men and I couldn't fight them off. Like they would just like ravish me. And I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like the setup would take 20 minutes and then that would leave 25 left and 25 was not enough for what I wanted, not my appetite. Yeah. So I just went, no. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely, and also like it was something really important to the viewers that I really wanna imbue and share is that so many of your fantasies, like the, the turn on and the getting off is just being able to say that you could have them, you know, yes. being able to yes. say, being able to like actually say, hey, I do have a fantasy about going outside, getting on that log, you know, and then having you come over, tie me to it and rip my clothes off and, you know, say these things to me and then fuck me, um, you know, that, right. and, and so that's the first step is that you could just say that to someone, right? Feel and let go of shame or release shame as a result or fear. Now, the second piece is that be, being able to actually say it. And then if someone's willing to be able to go, wow. Right. Like I, I could have that, like that, that could, yeah. that could be created, you know, like you would want that with me. Yeah. And, and then the third piece is, is what do I need to actually make it so that I'm, I walk away feeling an even better person as a result, exactly. or, you know, I walk away feeling that this fantasy made me better. It wasn't something that actually traumatized me further. Right. That's so right. those, that's kind of those th three steps. And I love how you bring that out because you can have someone say yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's time to go into that fantasy, right? Exactly. Or and the conditions might not be there. From, what I felt from them is that they would have done anything for me. I you know, that. I felt like they love me so much that they would have done anything for me to play something out for me that I wanted. Um, so trust, you felt a lot of trust with them. Yeah, that's and that's huge. really all I that's really all that I needed. Yeah, and I want to say that to a lot of women too because it's that piece of like moving toward it is really about do you really trust yourself and your ability to wield your power and speaking up to your needs and boundaries in the moment of this fantasy? Do you trust that you could hold that and if you don't being able to be aware, you know, and talk about that so people can be gentle and yes. attuned? And also, do you do you really believe and trust, do you know this person to really trust that they will actually be able to hear your no and hold you through the undulation of your needs? Because the fact is, is that you could say everything about the way that you wanted a fantasy, right? You could say it to the T, be super clear, be like, yeah. 
and you start the fantasy and all of a sudden shit a part of you is out that you didn't think was ever there and and they're going with the you know you you wanted to be tied up and you're like in your inner child and this right and and right. suddenly anything can, happen. anything can happen and so how do we learn to not stay attached to the way we want things, right? Which is so fucking yeah. huge. And yes. and be able to roll with what comes up in the moment and be able to trust hopefully ourselves, and then trust the people that we're also with, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I felt like I actually, yeah, I just felt like it was okay the way it was that I said no. Now other times, I, I mean, that. like one time, I mean, Om Rupani uh, invited me to New York and said, you need to have a session with me so I can show you what I'm doing. And I had to interact with my mind for that and go like, okay, I'm this really powerful woman. Lots of people look up to me. I'm known in the world and I'm gonna go submit to Om, who was my student and was learning from me. And now he's giving me a BDSM session. And like, <laughs> who am I in the matter? I, now that's where I really had to like retool my head. And I had, you know, all the way, the whole plane ride to New York, I was like, I don't know if I should do this. Da, 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 da. We're so close. Is this going to like mess up our relationship? Yeah. Um, is this going to mess up my relationship with his significant other? Is this going to, what is this going to do? Right. And so then Great we questions. had, we Great. had this talk and he said to me, I'm going to tie you up. I'm going to blindfold you and I'm not going to hurt you. He wow. said, I'm not going to do anything to you. That's going to hurt you. I just want you to experience some sensation play. And I want you to see what it feels like, you know, see if you like it, see if you don't like it, see if it's, it's titillating and, yeah. and, and arousing, see if it's not, because I have to show you what I'm into. It's important to me that you know what I do. Wow. So I did it. And then I remember, <laughs> and then he and I are own partners. So not yes. only is his name own, but we do orgasmic meditation together, but that's all. We're not lovers. Right. Yeah, so, practice. So after the session, which was an hour, which was very exciting and intoxicating, we then owned. And then, um, so I had some orgasms and then I had to go to a trade show. And um, I remember thinking, hmm, I'm never doing that again with somebody that I don't want to have sex with. Mm. That was too arousing for me to just like, I couldn't just bring myself down from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. You were so, so expanded. Yeah, it was so expanded. I remember my friend, a friend of mine calling me when I was in the taxi going uptown in Manhattan. And um, she said, how do you feel? What was the session like? You know, and I said, my ass is firmly planted in this taxi cab seat. Oh. I'm like, so wide. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I, I, when I get deliciously met sexually, I feel that my, my whole pelvic floor, my pussy can just like, it's here. It's here yeah. to stay. You know, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And again, I love, I love your ability to move into the unknown, move toward your desire while also asking yourself like, Hey, um, I don't want this to fuck up this relationship. Like I, I have a concern here. I have a fear here. And I think that's really important when we set up our scenes is that we talk openly about our concerns and fears. 
right? We really yeah. bring, bring that out instead of being like, oh, you know, no, I'm just going to hide this and like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, but really like part of full range sexual expression and hopefully being met fully in your desire is to be really vulnerable in that place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if I, it's not real if I'm not. Right. I mean, any fantasy I think has huge vulnerable parts. Oh yeah. Anything, like my whole life being like, I want to live for a very long time. I don't want to just go to, scientists are now saying we can go to 120. And I'm saying, well, if I feel this good and I look like this, why wouldn't I want to go to 200? I mean, when I got to 120, what well, I wouldn't want to be 121. Like right. if they gave me, if I, if, so if the doctors or somebody gave me a choice and they said, do you want another year? I would go, yeah, I'll take 121. And then at 22, I would go, yeah, I'll take 122. Until, until whenever, until it doesn't last anymore, until the cells give out. I'll do anything in my body that, um, that for experimentation, like because my body is mine, like I could put stem cells in it and do that. And I can afford stem cells. So I'm doing whatever I have to do. But what I'm saying here is that all of it, involves vulnerability because it's not the life that was expected wow it's yeah. i'm not living the life of my parents i'm not living the life they brought me up into mm -hmm. you know i'm the, i'm not that little girl from long island who you know did little jitterbugs with her friends on on saturdays and sundays and and watched american bandstand like i'm not yeah. that girl anymore no i'm not the girl that was um you know a, an officer in my high school i'm i'm grown up and I'm choosing and making it up. I'm making it up and creating. I love it. In, in every moment. And that, it, that involves complete vulnerability. Mm. Complete vulnerability. Um, yeah. Letting go. It's a shedding. And also I'm going after my desire, which is vulnerable, yes. right? Yes. And it's, all of that is power. All of that is power. Like I used to think that vulnerability was not power. I used to think that vulnerability... I used to think specifically that women use their vulnerability to manipulate, manipulate men to get what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And so I never was going to do that. I, I always tell the story about when my car, I was, I had the flu. I was going home from landmark early because I was throwing up at my desk and my car got a flat tire on the way home. I reached into the glove box. I found a piece of paper and I found only one colored pen pink. And I had to write in pink, help. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I held up the sign, you know, and cowboyish kind of guy pulled up at a truck and he went, little lady, you know, he had a, like a Virginia accent, you know, little lady, I'm going to, I'm going to fix your, your tire. And I was like, listen, my father brought me up to be able to change a tire. It's just that I have the flu right now. I, I don't feel good. I have a fever. But I had to tell him that I could change my own tire. Right. That like you had to assert your power so that you wouldn't be seen as like this weak feminine. Right? Help. 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 Ah, Help. Yeah. Huge. So I was very against that. And now I see that that's not the truth. That's the unevolved feminine. Yes. And that, that the evolved feminine knows that vulnerability is power. That's saying like, hey, I'm nervous. Yeah. Hey. I'm wondering what this is going to cost me in the world. Yeah. Hey, I'm wondering what um, letting people know the truth about me that I'm a sex educator is going to cost me in terms of 
old friends or family relations or whatever. Yeah, that's that's power to 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 bring it up, to look at it in self, and then to bring it up to you and to the whole world. Like, yeah, this probably cost me something, but what I gained was so much yeah. more. It was much more powerful. I love that. And I love the piece of just like being authentic in our vulnerability for not trying to get anything. It's just truth, right? It's just like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is my expression. This is where I'm at. And that's truth. I'm not trying to get something from you in return by saying that, you know, or, or mm. expressing it. And that's a good piece for women to look at. That's when you're in manipulation energy is like, if you're sharing a vulnerable state because you're trying to get something from somebody in return, right? By saying, oh, I'm like feeling really like, you know, scared and, and I really, you know, it, and not being bored. There is still a hook, right? There's a hook to get right. something. Well, I, I'm not, I, I guess what I'm advocating against is victimhood. Yeah. Yeah. I feel absolutely. like if I, I have been a victim, it's funny. Um, somebody wrote on Facebook, I, I maybe three years ago, two years ago, Philippe Lewis wrote, have you ever benefited from being a victim? And I wrote, yes, I have actually. Yeah. I was in a violent relationship. And when I faced off with that person and told them to get out of my life, that I had faced death and that I would choose death over them, that they could come in and try to do anything. It didn't matter to me anymore because I'd rather be dead than be one more minute in that relationship. The badass that you see today got born on that day. Wow. Yeah. So I got, I benefited from being a victim. I was a victim for as long as until I could stand up. Yeah. Until him. you actually took your power back. Right. So that, said, that part of you helped you was your initiator. You, it was like you needed to be initiated from that to gain your power. Exactly. So thank you exactly. to the victim, right? Thank you to your exactly. victim. Exactly. If I knew where that guy was today, I would call him up and thank him. I would say, you know what? I'm a badass and it's because of you that I became such a badass. You know, when we're able to go to every single person and actually say thank you, you know, when I was able to go to my mom and say, you know, thank you for being a drug addict, drug addict your whole life, you know, like, um, thank you for the initiation and it's still hard for me, but I'm right here and I, and I love you and I'm not no longer putting up walls about how you didn't love me or how you didn't do this and how I need to separate myself from you because I want to choose connection and you made me the woman that I am. Thank you. You are my angel. Boom, you know, and so much of our lineage, right? Like our, our whole experience, like until we're able to hopefully do the work to get there, we're still in a place of protection, right? We're still in a place of adversity and separation and that, what beautiful work, right? Beautiful. So life is a fantasy. What do you want? Yeah. I mean, I say to people all the time, if you could have anything, if you could have anything in the whole world, what would you want? If you could have all the time in the world, what would you do? And then somewhere in there, start navigating your life towards that and speak your truth. Yeah. And if, if the life that you have right now doesn't resemble that, it's not fantasy island for you, then, you know, start dreaming bigger, start yes. thinking bigger, start I feeling like, what can I have that's missing that if it was present, would make all the difference in the world and then just keep going towards those things. That's what I feel that I've done. It's not, my life isn't yes. so different from everybody else's. It's just that I let myself have what I want. Right. And give yourself permission to dream big. Right. And then really <laughs> move, keep moving toward it. And often yeah. moving toward it also means a lot of let go. Right. 
things release, yeah. old things die, you know, and that's a part of the process too. But Lori, I know we're going to have to, you know, get off the call here. I know, we, could um, which is, we could go forever. And I just wanted to just share, and there's a lot of obviously comments coming in, Melissa Davidson, um, Kimmy Inch, a lot of amazing Ooh. people um, that are on here on my wall. Like, and I, while people I love yeah, people exactly. So, is there are there any questions? So, if there are any questions, comments, please keep them coming. And you know, if you have a question, I'll see if I can actually read it before we jump off. But, Lori, what are you up to? How can people find you? And what are you offering? Well, the first thing they should do is go to lauriehandlers.com. Oh, the thing we talked about earlier, which we never got back to, Lottie Han. So, if people want to find out more about me, they can go to lauriehandlers.com forward slash unknown and then they can get a free download of um a, a practice called Lottie Han which is moving in the unknown which I think everybody needs in their life in order to dream big you have to be not afraid of the unknown and most people are afraid of the unknown so I teach people to move in the unknown as a practice to start getting ready to deal with things that, that happen like COVID Oh no, now I can't hear oh, no, you. I was gonna say no. I, I was gonna say wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on there. I just posted it on the Facebook wall for okay. everyone, but yeah, that I'm gonna take advantage of that because I'm in yeah, a lot of uncertainty right now. So Lottie Han, that's like a really important practice. Um, if you go to my Facebook to my um no, if you go to my website, lauriehandlers.com, you'll see that tomorrow I'm starting sex and happiness over sixty for people over fifty. For people over 50, great. So it's for people over 50 to, I have my first book, which I held up earlier, this one, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy. This has 10 laws that just came out of my mouth. It was, um, I was in Tantra and I felt like all the Tantra teachers I knew weren't dealing with certain things like integrity. What does it mean to speak your truth? What does it mean to set boundaries? People were eye gazing and breathing together and touching each other, but nobody was saying, you know, no. This is my boundary. This is why I didn't learn that. So nice. 10 laws came right out of my mouth. I love it. Now I have seven new laws for aging and being sexy and happy. Mm. And boundaries is in both books. My new book is going to be Sex and Happiness Over 60. It only gets better. And one of the laws, which is boundaries, set your boundaries, is in both books. Because when you're aging, you need more boundaries boundaries because people want to put you in a box because doctors think they could do anything to you because they want to put you in memory homes or in uh, old age. Your children want to do things to you that you don't want. So you need boundaries. You really need boundaries. I, I, so I anyway, feel that's tomorrow. So tomorrow, like starting, go ahead. I was gonna say, I did, that's a big superpower of yours, which is really boundaries. powerful. I, ne I never, I didn't, I, I didn't grow up with him. My parents had none. My parents used to barge into my bedroom whenever they wanted to talk to me. They never Similar. knocked. I used to have a bell. I put a bell up and then they would have to bring a bell, like a captain's bell to come into my room. Wow. In, in high school. Like I was like, ring this fucking bell. Damn. Don't come into my room. <laughs> yes. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> so anyway, I'm starting this course tomorrow. If you are 50 and over and worrying about your desirability and worrying about what your life is going to turn out like, or if your parents are over 50, or if you have friends who are over 50, 
send them my way last minute. I have room for people in this course. It's an online eight week. The first week will be a review of the first 10 laws. That's tomorrow. And then the next seven weeks will be my new laws. I'm trying them out with real people before I publish the book. Mm. Like I want to get feedback from flesh, real breathing, talking, communicative people to say, yeah, this is making a difference in my life. Mm. Mm. So, mm. so it's my uh, testing and my feedback mechanism, and it'll be a dynamite course. Amazing. And is that at lauriehandlers.com? Yeah, it's right on the front page. It says okay. sex and happiness over 60. Beautiful. And then for everybody else, I have a million things. You know, <laughs> I just go to lauriehandlers.com or find me on Facebook. There's a, there's a lot of online programs. There's a lot of self-study. And there's a lot of, you know, I coach people too, so they can yeah. find me. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Uh, so beautiful to see how much you've Thank expanded you. into your offerings. And I'm delighted for the course you're about to 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 give and may may all of them feel just a fuck yes desirability within themselves may they feel radiant may they shine may they feel even more sexy than they ever did at 20 right um, that's i do yeah i, I love that sexier. well i feel sexier than i did between 20 and 30 or 30 and 40 because i have more permission now yeah. like i have permission to actually get what i want out of any interaction than to just sort of lay back and hope that the, my partner is skilled. Yes, cause you know to, <laughs> right, because you know how to actually share about your turn on and your desires. And I love exactly. it, Lori. I love it. And exactly. of, I have permission. I love it. I love it. And um, for all of the viewers on my wall, um, I'm running my eight week course called Pussy Power Up for Pussy Owners, Femmes. Um, that's going to be starting enrollment closes May 6th. So if you're, you can find more out at theheartninja.com and it's going to be eight weeks of really doing the work to get back into our feminine essence so that we can yes. really get into our bodies. It's going to be a lot of getting into our body, a lot of breath, a lot of sound, a lot of movement, a lot of archetypal work and learning to be able to really set up intention filled rituals to really attune to our erotic sovereignty. I've been using that word a lot, erotic sovereignty. I love it. And and then from there, what do we want to create in partnership? What do we want to create? You know, what, what, what would the next step in bringing that pleasure out to the world look like? Um, and um, I'm really excited. I've already, I signed up two people today. Um, so I've, I've been, right, I've been going at it. And, um, and I'm just welcoming in as a really delicious group of women really willing to grow, really willing sure. to be like, hey, I'm ready for a big change and I'm ready to do the work. And so if that's you, if you're a boss babe that really wants to like put your, the way that you're doing things kind of like, not to the side, but you know, <laughs> kind of like create better boundaries, right? More attunement. <laughs> More yeah. attunement to like what actually is gonna really get you to the next place of from your erotic power, theheartninja.com. So Lori, thank you so much. It's been, it's been a real pleasure and joy. I, this is my first time really kind of getting to know you. And yeah. so I really want to say thank you. And if our paths cross or I'm just really looking forward to continued connection with you. Thank you, Emily. Uh, my pleasure. Wonderful. Yeah. It's been what delight. A, what a privilege. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And I just invite you to go on over to my page if there are any questions or anything, or if there's anything you want to post. Um, I did put your uh, Ladihan uh, link on there, but if you want to just put yeah. your website or whatever. But okay, 
Bye, Lori. Thank you so much to all our viewers. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.